What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TMNBaseballFan.com. Back in about 2006 or so, when I started getting back into collecting baseball cards, I kind of was uh, a little bit of a, a split personality for a while. So first of all, I wanted to dive back into all of the wonderful, beautiful cards that I collected as a kid, and, and uh, as well as the cards that I was never able to afford. So I set a goal of purchasing uh, every single complete set from 1980, uh, which is my birth year, to 1992-ish. And I started thinking about it, like what, what would be the uh, difficult sets? 1980 Tops would be a difficult one because it's a little more expensive. 84 Flare Update for sure. Uh, and then of course you have like 85 Tops and uh, Donnerson Flare and yeah, you know, there's some others in there as well, uh, but you know, to my surprise, a lot of these were significantly cheaper than I remembered. In fact, uh, a lot of the newer sets, especially, were so cheap back then that the actual shipping was going to cost more than the sets themselves. And uh, as I went on, uh, I was like really happy because it was it was a fun little project, but the uh, amount of cardboard. Uh, was just immense and so my thinking was this was I am going to uh, purchase every single one of these sets and eventually you know one day we all we all have a one day right uh, one day maybe after retirement even I'm going to get a bunch of binders and uh, sleeves or pages and I'm going to just lovingly put in every single set in pages and I'm going to uh, display them um, in uh, my closet in order and have nice little graphics on each binder. I think I can thank uh, an article in Beckett Magazine for this because I remember there was this child, there was a picture of this child that was uh, sitting in a real clean room uh, looking through one of the binders, I think it said 1983 tops and he had a full set there and he was just like really just like happy, just happy to look through these. And uh, you know, on the shelf, you see there's 1981 tops, a two tops, a four tops. I'm going by memory, so uh, but it was something like that. And I go, man, this kid has everything. <laughs> so I think that probably had something to do with uh, with my idea of wanting to do something like this. And so, anyways, I ended up picking them up over the course of a year or so. Uh, it was uh, remarkably easy, <laughs> which obviously. As you know, I mean, it's uh, nowadays it's really not difficult to do at all. Like they they sell sets like this all over the place. Uh, but then I had a you know had to really think about this. Like, how far do I want to take this? Do I want to do the Tiffany sets? Do I want to do the rookies and traded sets, the update sets, the rookie sets? Uh, and so the answer was yes <laughs> to many of those. Um, I didn't quite make it all the way. But uh, I also uh, wanted to uh, you know, look into possibly the regional sets, the boxed sets like uh, the Flair League Leaders and you know uh, the Mother's Cookies cards and the classic sets and all this. And so, as you could probably tell, um, this is you know right in the middle of the baseball card boom, uh, 80 to 92, especially the mid to late 80s and early 90s. Um, I was going to have a whole uh, bigger challenge 
to do this if you're going to include all the regional sets and all these others. So uh, I made it a little of the way, but I, uh, I tapped out pretty pretty quickly after I realized, man, I'm not going to be able to do all this. It's crazy. Um, in the meantime, while I was doing this, I found out that I had a love for uh, game use and autograph cards. Like I thought these cards were uh, futuristic, like from another planet even, like to have a baseball card with a, in, a square inch of fabric that's worn by a baseball player in a game. Like, wow, you know, what an incredible idea. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I wasn't alone. There's a lot of people that thought that as well. And uh, so I ended up buying as many of these guys as I could, like the low end stuff. And uh, I just could not get enough. And I kept buying and buying and buying. I ended up having hundreds of these cards and uh, just really kind of uh, excited about, about these, like looking through all of them, like the, you know, Mark Mulder, Jason Giambi, uh, Edgar Renteria, like Jason Veritek, like a lot of these guys were like either for the most part common or minor stars, nothing massive, no patches certainly. Um, and uh, I was happy with them. But one time or one day I realized, you know, I'm just sinking way too much money into this. Uh, and there's no real rhyme or reason to this. Like, why am I getting all these? <laughs> I'm not excited about it. So, Ultimately, what I decided to do is I decided to sell all the sets and walk away from the hobby, sell the sets, and sell all the game used autograph cards. And uh, so I did that, but what I did was I kept a spreadsheet. I kept a spreadsheet of what I purchased for how much and what I sold them for how much. And so I remember after having like, you know, six or 700 of these game used cards and, and having, say, you know, $1,000 into them. I don't know. I'm just, you know, guessing because it's been many years from now. Um, but, uh, you know, say, okay, look, I've got an average of $1.40 per game use card. And I kept selling, 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 and then knocked that down to 90 cents per card. I go, huh, wow. If I could find these for 90 cents a pop, I would have bought them like instantly. So anyways, I uh, kept selling then like, wow, I'm, I'm into these cards for about 40 cents now per per card. And I've still got three or 400 left. And eventually I got to a point where I had like one or 200 and I broke even. I go, oh my gosh. So this made me change my thinking on collecting. I said, man, if I could sell and stay in this hobby that I love so much without it being a financial drain, but in fact, being a little bit of a moneymaker, then that sounds actually not just interesting to me, it sounds exciting to me. Uh, I continually sold and uh, ended up selling all my sets and uh, all the game used cards and I didn't keep anything. But while I was doing this, I was thinking, okay, I'm not just a dealer, you know, I don't, I'm not in this just to make money. I, I'm in this hobby because I love the hobby. And so I started thinking to myself, like what could I possibly be excited about collecting so i remember thinking about like uh you know the guys aside from kinseko because he was the obvious but like who else would i want to collect i was thinking you know albert pujols he's awesome i love you know to collect albert pujols but then there's like ricky henderson and frank thomas and ken griffey jr and roger clemens and 
Barry Bonds and you know Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell, and I have like this group of of uh, guys that I was really interested in collecting, but none of them really just hit that spot for me. And uh, so that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about uh, today is uh, is finding what really scratches that itch, what really makes you passionate about this hobby, and then going after uh, whatever that is. So number one. Uh, the trick is to make sure that you figure out uh, what you're really passionate about. And I think a lot of that passion can be drawn from setting up a goal uh, to complete. Uh, for me, I was passionate about, uh, about you know, collecting this run of sets, you know, and, uh, and so that kept me going. And then later ended up being, uh, you know, having this goal to you know, build this complete collection of Canseco cards. And uh, I was really hyper passionate about that. And uh, so that's probably the one thing. So what I would recommend everybody doing is to really just kind of spend some time looking at people's cards in their collections and take notes of what really gets you going. Like what, like you know how it is. Sometimes if you're at work or something and you're scrolling through uh, anything, uh, you know, you could just feel like you're half asleep until you find the right thing, the right card or whatever. Then it kind of, you know, wakes you up a bit. And you're like, whoa, what was that? That's really cool. So that's what I'm talking about. Find those types of cards and figure out why they appeal to you so much. And, uh, you know, so I've done that a number of times. And I've realized that as, I, as I've said in the past several episodes every now and then, that, uh, you know, when I was super collecting, um, it was a matter of getting like three, four packages a day and most of them I didn't really care about. Um, so I, I do remember, uh, you know, a good handful or two of cards that whenever I landed them, I not only was I excited, I was just like super, super, super amped about it. I loved them and, uh, they stopped me in my tracks. They made my jaw drop and so I, that's why I realized when I realized like for this next go around, that's the type of card that I need to go after. And uh, I remember uh, one of them uh, was a 2017 Leaf Q card. It's funny, it's a Leaf card because everybody hates Leaf or hates on Leaf, likes to hate on Leaf. But uh, the 2017 Leaf Q set, the flashbacks uh, set in particular is beautiful. Like it is a gorgeous set. And uh, in fact, it might possibly be the nicest looking set that was put out in 2017. No joke, like look it up, it's really nice, um, especially the one of ones. And uh, they're the sideways ones. And so I remember seeing this, uh, this one Canseco card that had uh, part of the elephant patch, like the big bright yellow uh, portion that said A's on it in this jumbo patch window. It was signed, you know, it wasn't signed by him yet. Uh, this is before it was signed, but um, I found a picture of, of this card that before it was released, like a month or two before it was released, and my goodness, it was, it was incredible. I just remembered uh, <laughs> there's, you know, I've got to try to get this card. Like there is one shot to get this card, and that's it. Uh, number one, uh, whenever the uh, release date hits, I've got to be on my game. I've got to be checking eBay <laughs> uh, religiously, you know. And so, uh, of course, we end up going to uh, to Florida for vacation when the release date hits. 
and uh, I am literally, I remember there a few times I was, I was literally having Atticus check for me while I was driving <laughs> to see when, uh, uh, you know, if that card was listed. And uh, my thinking was like, you know, listen, number one, it may never be listed or it may never be open. Number two, the person that owns it may never list it. Number three, there's a boatload of other people that would like this card. Uh, so that was a very difficult move. And I just didn't really know, uh, you know, if I'd be able to get it, especially beyond vacation. So there, so anyways, there we are. We're in the middle of Legoland and I check and sure enough, it's listed. And I end up buying it, uh, like super excited about that also, by the way. Um, and uh, I'm very happy about it. And uh, so that was a very nice, uh, <laughs> very nice way to be able to see a card that, you know, you, that you saw pictures of before uh, it was even packed out and signed even. And, you know, just that you set your, your uh, sights on and your hopes on. And, it, you know, I was able to get it. So it's really cool. It's actually one of the very few cards that lasted uh, with me through the sale. Uh, in 2018, wherever I was selling out of everything. So, you know, very happy with that. Have great memories of that card. There's a, a large number of cards I have uh, memories of. And, uh, you know, so yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where I realized, you know, that feeling, whatever it was that I had when I first saw that card, that's what I want to go after. And because of that, because I know what's target uh, for my personal preference, my personal collecting preference um, is kind of what makes me so excited in this hobby and so uh, hyper passionate. Like there, there are cards, if I were to uh, search religiously for Mike Trout rookies or Albert Pujols patch cards, uh, you know, I think they're both phenomenal players, but they just wouldn't really do much for me. You know, it's just, it was a matter of really trying to, you know, pinpoint and find what did do it for me. So obviously for now, there's two uh, two subjects that do that for me. Canseco cards that are high-end and ultra-rare and that sort of thing. And uh, pre-war vintage of super key cards that are uh, low to mid-grade with very high eye appeal. And uh, I have talked about this a couple times over the past few podcasts, but it just came in today. Um, this uh, tattoo lady that works at uh, FedEx knocked on the door, and I knew it was coming. I ran downstairs, opened up the door, she gives me this box and I open it up and there was that feeling again, <laughs> that feeling of wonder and awe. You know, I open it up and I, I posted this on YouTube, by the way, if you want to check it out, youtube.com forward slash Tamman Baseball Fan. There was my T206 Ty Cobb bat off. It's a, uh, an SGC2 and uh, you know, if you're on any sort of social media and follow me whatsoever, you've probably seen this card like three or four times now because I've posted it everywhere. Really excited about it. The card is gorgeous. It looks nothing like a two. Uh, it looks more like a four. It's exactly what I go for. And uh, it is just, uh, it's sitting on my, uh, on my shelf and uh, it just begs to be stared at. You know, <laughs> it's just such a great card. And, uh, you know, so that's, that feeling right there, like the feeling that I got today, the feeling that I have today, I want you to have, you know? So that's why, that's why I go through some of these podcasts. Like I've got a lot of uh, passion about this, uh, about this hobby, obviously. 
And clearly not everybody's going after T206 Ty Cobbs. You know, it could easily, just as easily be a Randy Johnson refractor from 97 Tops or something. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things like that are like rare that don't always pop up, um, but it could be a little difficult to find and maybe for one reason or another you haven't picked it up. But, uh, you know, there's, there's so many ways that we can get this, uh, this good feeling and, and get passionate about like what we collect. Because I feel like there's probably many people out there that are passionate about the, the feeling of the thrill of opening a box. And it's like, well, you know, what are you going to do after you open the box? You're going to take the hits and you're going to sell them? Let's see. And I remember there was actually somebody that just opened up a couple boxes. He spent like close to $1,000 on two boxes of cards and ended up getting a, a high-end autograph. And I think the autograph itself probably would sell for $500. And it's like, and you know, there's nothing really else. So it's like he was excited about that and shared it all over the place. And, you know, certainly a beautiful card. But man, he lost like 500 bucks. And so it's like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like that doesn't, that doesn't appeal to me. And I don't think it appeals to anybody really uh, when all said and done. I think a lot of people just buy into the, hey, let's bust wax. That's fine. You know, it's fine if you're really into that. However, um, if you're like me, that ends in heartache a lot of times when you realize, wow, <laughs> I spent a lot of money and didn't really get a whole bunch out of it. So I'm, I'm a lot bigger a fan of buying something where I know I can get my money out of it uh, whenever it comes time to sell at the very least. So um, anyways, really, really, uh, really, really great hobby we have here. Really vast. Um, we can kind of get, get lost in a number of, uh, number of categories and niches. And, uh, you know, so it's just really kind of fun to be able to, you know, go out there, look at the forums, look at the Facebook groups, look at eBay and just, immerse yourself in what you like or to, to find out what you like rather um, and that could be any number of things the, the great thing about collecting also is there's no real right or wrong way in collecting you could collect uh, your favorite player whether it's from nowadays or from your childhood or maybe and I'll tell you a number of ways that I've heard other people uh, collect just to kind of get the juices flowing here for you so uh, another one is obviously a team. When I was a kid, and I, I kept this all the way up until my mid-20s, I think, I had a massive binder of Oakland Athletics cards because they were my team from my childhood. Um, I remember, uh, you know, just lovingly putting these cards in order. Like a 90 score, I remember having, like, by the way, the, the photography on I score was great. You know, you had like the the Dennis Eckersley and the Ricky Henderson particularly were just great, uh, great action shots of them, you know? And so I remember putting all these cards in order and then doing the binder shuffle like we always do, you know, which is probably one of the reasons why a lot of us don't have binders now is because when you don't have a spot full and you uh, <laughs> want to add a card in, then you have to shift all the other cards over one, you know? I used to do that constantly as a kid and it was so fun. It was just, it kept me busy and it was uh, enjoyable to be able to categorize and, and just go through the pages and flip through them and see what I had. And, you know, whether it be a 91 Bowman or, you know, 92 Donruss or 90 score or 89 tops, like all of it was fun. And I, I know uh, uh, there's a guy by the name of Ben. I think he goes on Twitter as our trading cards, if I remember correctly. 
uh, and he's got a, they've got a, a podcast also, so check that out. But um, he's, a, a, he is a big time Oakland A's collector. I think he claims to have the biggest A's collection, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, he's got a, you know, he's got an incredible uh, run of cards. I think they're all the way from like the turn of the century, if I remember correctly. But, uh, you know, so that's uh, like probably a lifelong labor of love for him. Yeah, so another thing I've seen is I've seen a number of, uh, of people collect players that they're related to. Um, in fact, I've had a number of these people come to me to create a custom for them of their favorite player who is a family member also because there weren't too many cards out there or you know, maybe they found an autograph of their relative and wanted to create a, a cat signature of a player that they were related to that wouldn't otherwise be made, you know, which is fun. Um, you know, another thing is uh, uh, that people like to do is they like to collect players that, you know, might have graduated from their own high school or their college or uh, they're from their hometown um, or even maybe some that are have like, a, you know, some sort of like identifying feature on them that they uh, that they themselves might have, like maybe beards or, you know, uh, <laughs> huge mustaches or something, you know, which is really kind of fun, you know, the mustache collection, you know. Uh, so there's all kinds of things that you could do. Um, there's somebody else, I, I, I don't remember his name. I feel like it's Brian. So Brian, if this is you, then, you know, <laughs> speak up. But there's a, uh, a baseball player that had a bunch of cards made of him called Wonderful Terrific Mounds. That's the name. There's literally like a 94 upper deck card of this guy and a bunch of others. Well, this guy, uh, Brian, again, I think that's his name. Um, I could be mixing up people. But anyways, uh, he, he had a little side quest to basically super collect this guy. It had like a total of 60 cards ever made of him. <laughs> I think he ended up completing it. You know, so it's just kind of a fun little, fun little thing to do there as well. So, uh, and also there's a, a friend of mine, Enrique. He, uh, he really likes this. Uh, he really likes Maglio or Ordonez. He played for the White. Uh, I'm sorry for the Tigers, maybe the White Sox for a little bit. I don't recall. Uh, so whenever I run across a Maglio Ordonez card, I would you know pull it out for him and you know give it to him. But uh, I was like, hey, Enrique, why do you why do you like this this guy? He's like, well, I just think his name's cool. You know, <laughs> it's fun. I love this stuff. Um, obviously, another thing that you could do is collect uh, players that have your same name. Uh, and another one is possibly collecting players that have your same date of birth. You know, that's really cool too. I know, uh, uh, Tony Gwynn is, uh, I share birthdays with, uh, Tony Gwynn. You know, he had, uh, you know, he passed away obviously, but, um, you know, we, uh, I think he was born in 1960. So we're exactly like 20 years apart, like exactly to the day. You know, and I never collected him, but I always thought that was kind of a fun thing to do. I mean, what a wonderful player to be able to collect. I mean, he was, you know, an incredible player. So, um, anyways, kind of fun. I think, uh, you know, Richard, the Wade Boggs guy, I don't, I don't exactly remember his story. Um, or Anthony, the Gary Carter collector. I, I, I tend to believe if I remember correctly, um, Anthony, Rich, if you are hearing this and I'm saying it wrong, then, you know, feel free to correct me. But if I remember correctly, I think they, uh, one of them, got super excited about their players because they, uh, that was the first guy that they opened in the pack or something and some friends made a big deal out of it or something. So, you know, there's always, 
there's always something, you know, even another one, like, uh, you know, you might have a relative that was just like gung ho, like maybe your grandfather was gung ho over Sandy Koufax. Um, you know, so there's just a number of, uh, number of ways you can do it. So, uh, I guess that regardless which way you go, the important thing to, to get out of this episode is to, is to spend time and find out really, uh, what gets you excited in this hobby. It's a worth, it's a worthwhile endeavor. Um, and it's definitely worthwhile to, uh, uh, sink a good amount of time into it for sure. Uh, to be able to find out like whatever gets you so excited in this hobby that you can actually target your time more into focusing yourself into what you do like, like so much, as opposed to just kind of floating around and, you know, picking up cards that you, you know, may like or think they're okay, but you know, shoot, let's forget that. Let's, let's worry about this stuff that we really love, you know? Um, anyways, that's my, that's my thinking. That's my suggestion. So if you have anything to add that, add to that, please feel free to let me know. Uh, but otherwise I uh, thank you as always for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of the night.